Hello, everyone. Welcome to Goliath Cybersecurity Group's podcast called Cyber Insanity. My name is Andrew Bracuda, and I'm Angelo G. Longo. There you go, your okay. hosts for this podcast. Today, we're kicking off a three-part series, uh, which I think is going to be dissecting some, some things that we've constantly heard in the cyberspace. People, process, and technology. So what, what's the hype and the role uh, that is played in the cybersecurity, right? Why do we focus on those three? Why does it have legs all this many years later? Angela, you and I grew up in this industry, kind of. We built this industry. Um, we've heard people process technology for such a long time. There's nothing added, nothing taken away. It seems like it's... Um, it seems like it's the 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 three things that survived the test of time. Mm-hmm. Why is that, right? <laughs> well, like uh, the, the CIA, the CIA triad, or ICA, well, however you have to say it, because we don't want to. Right. The acronym can't run over somebody else's acronym. Right. But confidentiality, trademarks. And everything. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's an agency that gets all so, cranky about, and then there's this food. Place that made that 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 uh, trained chefs. I don't want to get into it. Right. Okay. Yeah. If I ever win the lottery, I'm I'm going to enroll in that that food place. Right. Right. But but you're <laughs> referring to the cybersecurity about confidentiality yes. and okay that one confidentiality of uh, integrity and availability. Like right. those people like processing that. technology are the basis of like how this attaches to people, how this attaches to what they do how they do it, and what makes things, quote-unquote, secure. We want to build all these marketing slogans and stuff like that, but if you get down to the basics, get back to what do I always say about security? I'm not right. going to say it now. We can wait. We'll, we'll, wait, on, we'll wait on that. Yeah, that's <laughs> going to be our exit strategy. Okay. <laughs> but it's This is the basis of how it goes, and there's really three core principles when dealing with a person in this question mm-hmm. is that train them, Give them appropriate roles and responsibilities. Okay. And promote the culture that that says security is important. Those are the three things that really help a person down that down that path to get them to a better place. Otherwise, so would you argue? So would you argue that out of people, process, and technology, all three are important? But the first one to focus on would it be people? Then, as we're kind of going going down this. Oh path, yeah for people that's okay. why i started with <laughs> so. okay no that's fair and and that's and that's going to be podcast one of three right for this series which is people the 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 crux of it all um i think i think to your point there's a bit of denial that happens and this is why we have to improve the culture to to that one point in particular right it, the the volatile thing is we're all targets. We don't. We may not realize it, but we're all going to be targets in some form. Be it um, direct, somebody's actually trying to steal our private information, uh, or through uh, breaking some type of of portal, shopping experience, or whatever it is, taking our information and using that information as a commodity to sell on the on the dark web. Or our corporations or businesses or entities that we work for um, 
they they intrude on those environments, they steal and exfiltrate that type of data, and ours included because we're employees. And now all of a sudden we have to deal with it. And and what do they offer? Monitoring service for a year, pat <laughs> on the back and saying, Hey, you've got this. Good job. Yeah. So that's that's really kind of the, you know, oops, we did it wrong. Sorry. You know. Right. It's like you're in a marriage, you go out and you're you commit infidelity and you come back and go, Oh, sorry, I won't do it again. Better luck next time. <laughs> so <laughs> right. Um, so, okay. So target, but people are different, right? We're inherently, there are some similarities and there, and, and, but we're all different, right? You're, you don't look like me. I don't look like you. We have different personalities. Um, that can be hard to corral all of these people types, if you will. And and get a common denominator to train. And the common denominator, the common denominator would be where I work, maybe what social groups I hang out with, um, you know, you know those type of demographics. And it's like, well, does it translate to improving the culture? It has to come in from within. Does it not? Well, yeah. I mean, because if unless there is an internal desire execute on the strategy unless there's an internal desire to be more secure unless it's an internal desire to train up your employees to to be better then you're operating without a net you're operating you know you're basically saying just go do whatever you want at the end of the day i just want to make sure you know you have you know we, we produce whatever widget or whatever we're trying to do but that leads to you know when people are given kind of free reign like that you know you have you've seen it before and i'm not accusing i'm just illustrating what has happened in culture in people people who go out to do jobs say overseas and in overseas maybe they have to interact with some government functionary and that government functionary is like hey kind of have their hand out saying we expect something well the person in question if not trained correctly if not understanding what the ramifications are may just try to get the quote-unquote job done without mm -hmm. asking anybody, without inquiring, and thus open the organization, open that company up to tremendous liability. The same can be said for I go onto a website. Mm -hmm. I, I go in and I say, oh, look, there's a new software product. I bring it into the organization. Maybe I accept a EULA in, in regard to this. That's an end-user license agreement. Maybe that EULA then now applies to my organization because of the language in there and I just clicked through and didn't read it. I mean, there's, you know, it's, they're hard to read. And, and now I'm now the responsibility and, and the issues and stuff that stem from that can be part and parcel of that. You can also argue the other fact. What if that, what if that software is a malware? What if, that so, what if you're just bringing in something that's untoward? I'm illustrating facts. I'm well, illustrating it, things it, it, that it, have occurred. Yeah. And there, there are examples of, um, programs out there that arguably have some type of like contact services. Let me, let me, let if you're in sales, let, it's enticing to hear, Hey, for nominal fee, I will give you access to all these greenfield opportunities, these people's uh, usernames or, or their email addresses and phone numbers. So right. you can reach out so you can cold call or reach out and make a, a little bit more uh, of a better 
um, sales campaign, right? But but what yeah. they don't but what they don't realize is some of these companies that are doing this actually have ties back to or somehow interact with those places that uh, are less than um, reputable. Reputable, yes. <laughs> Uh, in in their practices, meaning that they that they would go ahead and groom this information just to sell it back. Um, or it's or, one case in point that I can think of is actually one that says yes. And and in the EULA, to your point, is uh, we have the right to take your data to fill out the databases that we will sell back to somebody else. And, and the the other or I was trying to say is. Not only non, uh, not very reputable places, but perhaps even nation states. Right. You know, the, a nation state do, do not say a nation state will not create, publish, and or try to get out a particular mm -hmm. application or something, especially on phones. You know, mm -hmm. you can gain a lot of information about a company, a person, etc., via a phone, and yeah. the requirements people will accept them all the time commingling your corporate data with personal data and also exposing your information externally that we don't know what people are using it for and how they're what they're doing with it and that's that's the one thing we need to be cautious of not one think, it I is a thing i i think um several companies i mean proofpoint in in particular comes to mind uh, but there are but there are many others that uh have either type of of email gateway types of services or uh, data loss prevention companies. Uh, you know, insert insert name here. They all do some type of yearly um, yearly scorecard, right? And mm -hmm. and it seems that a high percentage a high percentage of this stuff initiates with a person. Absolutely. Requires somebody to click the link. Requires yeah. somebody to say yes. Requires somebody to put their username and password in. Yeah, no. that mad clicking disease. Yes, 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 yes. Install it because yep. I want, I want that gratification now of whatever the application is offering, marginal or otherwise, or even even to testing it. Um, and and there lies the problem, right? You can train people, and there there are ways of training people testing to see if they have that retention um every time we've done computer-based training for for companies that i work with in the past you know it's like oh it's security month yay i got to do another cbt oh yay i'm going to be sending spending seven hours on on um computer-based training i'll be sitting there watching bob sending the same email he sent for the past seven years in this campaign and we still know the answer to this. And I bet you if I wrote down the answers, it's the same as last year. Let me see if I can rip through it. Oh, yeah, I saved them last year. I've seen that. I've seen people would launch their training, walk away from their desk while the oh, video yeah. was playing, getting their coffee, chatting. They're going, what are you doing? Oh, I'm taking cyber training. How are you doing that at the coffee machine? Yep. Right. Or, or. Uh, I know everything. You know, the know-it-alls. Oh, I know how to do. Oh, nah, I'm not going to be a target. Nah, I know how to, I know. Oh. A, B, A, B, A, B, submit. Yeah, you got 70% or higher, 80% or higher. I'm done. Next year. Poop, throw it over the fence. But they don't practice it. 
and that's that's endemic back to your point the culture yeah and 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 i won't i won't state to the effect that the culture of the corporation isn't about producing whatever widget they're trying to produce but the reality is once you get to a point of commingling not just your stuff right but other people's stuff in that like I'm working with data that's per PII or PCI or PHI. Mm-hmm. And as that intermingling of data then causes the organization to be exposed. Yep. That's uh, in and of itself is a, is a critical thing to, to really start taking into account because now the, you know, whilst most places are getting us, I will call that a slap on the wrist um, for the exposure. We, we talked about that earlier. There are some industries yeah. that get fined pretty heavily and or executives are being taken to jail. Mm-hmm. That's not fun. They are. Not high on my list of activities or my bucket list. Personal so, assets being, being attacked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this, this, is, this is where this, these pain points come, come home to roost, where people think it's just, oh, it's okay. But the reality is when you, when you start looking at your exposure, you start going, whoa, hold on a second. I, we really need to do something differently. Now, if an executive, if the owner, an executive, or something like that gets inspired by this, then expand from there, they can push down this, this to the people uh, that work for them. The but issue the at hand is, is different, isn't it? I mean, l- let's put it this way. If I was an executive, I would be very passionate of making sure that all this stuff is taken care of because, hey, I don't want them to go after me. And and listen, an it, it, this may be a, a long line of things you can go to jail for, but why would you leave it open? No, but you know, as an office, my point is, as an office worker or somebody on on the on the line, oh yeah, the dock or whatever, what do I care? You don't know who I am. You don't have lunch with me. I'm just a number, or I'm just a I'm just you know a, a, an entry in the. And you know, in the employee ledger, um, and their exposure is just yeah. termination at that point, most likely. Yeah, unless they do so something be, completely untoward. It has to be meaningful to people. It has to have some type of corporate tieback or some type of promotion or some type of competition, yeah. or some type of even penalty to say, "Look, you've done this numerous times." You know, how many times have you signed these these documents? Right, the the prop computing. Uh, uh, use fair use of computing assets for a company, right? Whatever you want yep. to call it, electronic pr- process and procedures or whatever that you have to go through and sign on your first day of hiring. And one of the first things that you see for those electronic ones is I will be in good standing with this equipment. I will not use it for personal use. I will not use it for this, 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 right? And yep. Otherwise, the penalty, right? That So we had the carrot, now the stick. The stick is or else. Or else you may you you may be you know dressed down by by hr and saying you know you know how dare you do this or there could be some ramifications how many people have you seen fired because of this or how many people got penalized because of this inside a company i, I haven't seen one not no, one. it's i mean the worst thing i've seen someone do and i and i say worse it's kind of quotes is deny people access to the internet with their account it's it's, but is that a penalty? Is that a thing? It's, a, it's, it's almost a, a meaningless penalty. Everybody has a phone. Yeah. Right. It's a nuisance. And how many people tether their phone back to their computers? Or they, or they, again, they connect their work computer to their iPhone 
Samsung, whatever it is, the, whatever phone, mobile phone or smart device that you Personally have. exposing it to whatever the phone has access to. Yeah. yeah. So, there, there's in sundry issues and stuff. But back to back to the beginning. Awareness. Yeah. Proper roles and responsibilities and culture. All those things come back to mm -hmm. roost. If you begin with just get it done, and I don't care how it gets there, mm -hmm. you end up with people taking shortcuts just to make it happen. You That's know, <laughs> Domino's, was it 30 minutes or less? Yeah. How many delivery drivers got in an accident get, getting, trying to get that. the pizza there because the pizza came out of the oven late and now you have to run it over? Who's liable? Well, it's at your this point, car. now it becomes yeah. a gray area. It's your personal car that you're using for work. So <laughs> we'll, we'll, you know, out of guilt, we may give you 500 bucks and say, hey, it's only a headlight, you know, it's only a headlight and a little bit of a, you know, a little buffing can 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 get out that big scratch and dent, but but the but your your point's well taken. I mean, how much of this comes back to the company? How much of this is down to personal responsibility? Yep. So I, I, this this is what the hard thing is. If you're going to start, yeah, you know, and, let, let, and a lot of companies are not starting with this. A lot of companies are saying, "Oh, we need to do this." So now, after the fact, they're coming back and going, okay, how do we instill a culture of cybersecurity? How do we go back and take away administrative access from all the people who have it? How do we train people in a meaningful way? Um, all those things come back to, you know, if you try to do everything all at once, yeah, the thing will implode. You have to ratchet it. Yeah. And, and, and unfortunately, auditors and certifiers and federal agencies yeah. only see yes or no black and white just is it on or off that's it and when without knowing the fact there has to be a path to get there because or else the, the company will cease to be able to function for a period of time so let me let me go from row justified to column justified for a second and by by that i mean this you you've Transposing. Done large yeah you're, you you've done large companies you've done small companies Let's let's do a, a compare and contrast here because <clears throat> for a large company, you can modify the culture to arguably a more secured culture. It, mm -hmm. It's incremental. It's mm -hmm. slower. Oh, yeah. But you can enforce it much better because you have the mechanisms to do that. Whereas a small company, I would argue, they're faster to do the changes potentially. Mm -hmm. There's no red tape. There's not that big of a culture. It's just us, you know, yep. in the room. But it's harder to drag them through it because, well, Bob and I grew up together. We knew each other. Bob, trust me. Dad, don't have to worry about it. Nah, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's good for you to do this email shenanigan training and everything. But Bob knows me. He knows what I'm all about. That's the type of stuff that I see is the opposite of the corporate, right? The corporate yeah. can't assume anything because there's clean hand policies, there's yep. international guidelines and stuff. Everybody has to do it from the CEO down. But sometimes the small, medium business is the worst ones because although they say they want to do it, they don't necessarily practice what they preach. As oh, they and and that, that really comes back to coming to a small organization. Yeah. It's just a few people. 
why do I need policies? Why do I need procedure? Why do I need oversight? Why do I, and, and a security program in and of itself mm-hmm. has all these things. And you start looking at that and, and companies you want to do partnerships with, you're just a, you know, a fly on the wall basically and say, you know, you have a, a product or service, which integrates with something else. And that, that product or service in and of itself is useful. Mm-hmm. People want to do business with you, but then they go and start looking at your backend functionality, how you do that, how you securely code, how you, how you build out your, how you manage data. And they immediately get, cause you're not looking at another company, your size to do business with. No, you were looking at a bigger company who has yeah. more money That's who right. can buy you buy your services so they get more circumspect every time you go up and now that chain is getting much more scrutiny that whole chain all the way up and down is not something that before people would just add things to their office 365 or gmail or even their computers ad nauseum without any ramifications now companies are locking down that functionality that the ability to add the ability to change the ability to put stuff on individual PCs. So as you build these out, now these scrutinies coming down, 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 down. Now these little companies are going, oh, I have to actually have a program. What does that mean? How right. does that function? When you don't have enough money to buy a services of not only somebody like myself, CISO, but somebody uh, like a CISO team, which would want to sock, have you know, some type of uh, red team, uh, blue team, purple team, uh, vendor risk analysis, governance risk compliance. There's a whole team you can come into play that you know could be yeah. millions of dollars uh, if you don't point, have all that. Right. This the small the small company is sitting there as you're saying this. You know, somebody who's who's working in a small entity is going. Yeah. Team, team. All I'm hearing is team, 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 and that's more people, people, people that I can't afford, afford, afford. Right. Because <laughs> they're not producing, and and this, this is the thing about security security is like insurance in a way you're yeah. trying to you're trying to offset risk you're doing that by putting in risk controls into place and making sure those controls are in place but when you get down to it what does a small organization do they have to reach out to smaller to other companies and and find expert help to come in and assist them right that work getting them to a good place yeah and maybe when they get to a bigger size they can start afford to adding functionality so maybe they hire a full-time CISO like myself. That full-time CISO then goes out and says, okay, I need a sock. They're not going to go hire 20 people. You know, they're right. going to go to a, they're going to go to a third party vendor most likely and add and get sock like functionality, uh, right. at security operations center for those who are not in the, the know. Not, um, not socks as in we put on our feet, but SOC. That's correct. Or socks like SOX for the, uh, Government uh, regulations. So, or socks at the baseball team, but yeah, Red it's, Sox. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> oh, so White Sox it's, too. I forgot about them. Yep. But <laughs> you know, but Security Operations Center is a is a a group or team that have the proper tools, the training. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't mention tools, mind you. We didn't get no, the tools yet. We didn't get the <laughs> tools, but this is the people that run the sock are are uh, experts in understanding what is an alert, what is happening in the environment, being able to mitigate that that risk. Um, and that does take people that that's a, yep. that, again, it's a people thing. 
And if you don't have the people, you have to outsource that in, in many respects. And that includes your, your uh, CISO service potentially mm -hmm. uh, to bring in somebody like an Angelo in or, or to be able to um, use a SOC service that has people that are trained to do this. Um, if you're if you're there to build widgets and you're trying to go to your upstream company, yeah. so you said security is kind of like an insurance. It is, but I think today it's a little different too in that it is an assurance to those larger entities you're trying to do business with that you are a good steward of either the information we're exchanging or uh, your people have that that training not to divulge certain industry secrets potentially or or um be the weak link in that chain that you talked about so you said two two words i want to i want to illustrate uh -oh. them <laughs> insure and assure and those two things mean two different things yeah they do and, and so when you look at them yep. assuring a organization that they are operating with a risk uh, risk adverse approach or, or, or approach where, in which risks are minimized mm -hmm. is something that can only be done in collaboration with the organization. If the organization, if I come in, create policies, properties, or policies, or procedures, um, and, and standards, mm -hmm. uh, create all pieces of the puzzle to make, make it more secure and they go and operate in, in a different way. I cannot assure them they're operating in a risk mitigating way so assurance is a is a team effort insurance right. is insuring is going back in and, and 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 i'm saying i'm using the word insure not the word insure from insurance but ensuring that the organization in and of itself is operating that way and i that can only be done with authority and so when when, when you say it i if i have the authority to mandate operations be in a certain way that is that is insuring assuring is the is going in and, and and attesting to that be that as it may both require team effort it cannot be done by a person operating in in a vacuum yep. um and that's a huge thing and and so it's a people thing again it's a people thing even though my expertise is here <laughs> ready to be you do it it's a people thing again because i need to not only be able to impart the issues. They need to be able to hear the words, listen, process them, and then and then give a cogent response as to the you know how this actually will operate going mm -hmm. forward in their organization as their business operates. Or what do they need to change in order to get to that point? Those those are things that only come through teamwork, and that teamwork has to be. It only really works when when the top level of the organization is on board, is uh, is tied a shareholder, to, or excuse me, a stakeholder. Stakeholder, very good. Yeah, well, they could be a shareholder too. Could be a both. Stakeholder, yeah. A stakeholder yeah. in the in the in the process, and I think that is a a person that we haven't really touched on too much, but I think it's time to do so because any good initiative, and this is kind of project management 101. You always want to have a stakeholder that has skin in the game, right? This is this is uh, usually an executive, could be a VP, could be a president, could be the CEO, could be a board member for that matter, depending on how your entity is structured. This stakeholder 
would be the one that would be the the driving force to uh, clear a path for you from that red tape, from that resistance, from people. Because let's face it, everybody loves change as long as it's not with them. <laughs> not right? my backyard. Yeah, <laughs> not my backyard. Um, so this is the person that's going to say, make it so. I can use a star Star Trek uh Star Trek. You Picard, said was it Star Wars? Picard, a Picard reference here. Make it so number one, right? They're gonna be the one that that says go and they go. That is an important distinction to find somebody who's your champion here. Mm-hmm. Would all companies have this champion? No. Some people are just reacting to something that happened. They had a breach. They had an issue. They had a problem. They don't really know what to do. And you have to kind of generate that. You have to build a champion sometimes. Okay. Sometimes that champion is bringing you in. But maybe they're not in the right spot. Sometimes that champion is is the person who needs to be it. It's not always clear that you, you, you may be there for... I'm saying you, I'm saying, I'm really referring to myself and my team, because the issue at hand is you may be there for a, an event that occurred and you may recognize X, Y, and Z and need to impart that. You may need, you may impart it to somebody. That person may then not know what to do with it and not know how to, you know, basically give it to somebody else. So they understand what's going on. So the issue at hand is you need to, the champion in itself needs to be at a high enough level that the what occurs, mm-hmm. what changes are needed are actually a doable item or they can do what? Accept the risk. Because if someone can't accept the risk, chances are they're not a champion that's going to be useful. So, and I say that from the point of view of an overall security program. I'm not belittling anybody, but if they can't say, yep, I accept the risk on the on the, in the name of the business, or get the person who can accept the risk to accept it. Then you're operating without an etiquette. So there's really there's I've run across, and I'm going to say this: a tactical champion and a strategic champion. Mm-hmm. And and I just let me make. Yeah, a I can see that I can see the distinction between those two. Yeah. So a tactical one is. Oh my goodness, we almost suffered a breach or we had a breach or we had some score that really was abysmal and we have to get our act together. They're the ones that, like you said, are bringing you in. They're they're gung-ho. We got to get this done. They become tactical in this respect. Get it done to the point that I don't have to deal with this anymore. A strategic champion to me is somebody who goes in and goes, look, I'm bringing you in. We may or may not have had an issue or some type of of hiccup in our in our processes or whatever, but but I see the one year, the two year, the three year, the five year goal of this is to make us better, badder, stronger, able to leap tall buildings as an entity. I need help. I know you're here. I'm in it with you through through thick and thin. Strategic. Um, <clears throat> they're the driving force, but I run into more tactical ones where they just want to get it done. Just make it go away. 
how do you overcome this? How do you make a tactical person into a strategic one? It's, that's an education there. Yeah. And so what you need to start illustrating is longer term effects. You need to start extrapolating from where you're at to where they need to go. Give them a plan that actually states and then clearly define the issues, risks, and or pitfalls that may affect them. Not the business necessarily, but probably the business too. But yeah. if you if you want somebody to respond, um, most human beings are mm -hmm. selfish by nature. And I'm not right. saying they're not in they're... some way good. What's I'm just saying me? most human beings are selfish. Right. The what's you, you will pay more attention if it affects you. Okay. Okay. Um, I've I've also heard to to um, and and some of the things that I've done in the past was to convert a tactical to a strategic. You also have to talk business to them because well, that's yes, you're exactly an, right. If you can enable them to understand the business impact of doing this. Not not the cost of the program. The program is the cost of the program, but the but the Risks. value added benefit of having a, a mature security program with your people trained, with your people educated and understanding. There are some good cost benefits to this. One, cyber insurance can get cheaper if you have a program. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. hey, that's a benefit, especially the cost of cyber insurance today, right? There's also risk of losing clients because you don't have a program that's that your people you are, are practicing what how public hard trust yeah how hard would it be that your customer calls one of your employees up and they're divulging private information from another customer has it ever happened yeah i've seen it happen I, there's there's a there's this thing that goes on it's called backpedaling oh sorry yes. sorry we gave the wrong well, i opened up the wrong file or whatever Yep. Well, wait a minute. If you did that to one of your other customers, when did you do that on my my information to one mm -hmm. of your other customers? Now, all of a sudden, it's like you're eroding the trust that you yep. built with your client. But back to that, back to my original statement. You're you're dead on. The only way you're going to be able to extrapolate, and this is one of the biggest CISO responsibilities, and and or CIO, you got to translate tech, you got to translate cyber into business language. Yeah, and because people don't necessarily, people do not under, understand what a sim is. Um, people can't even say it right. <laughs> Stop there. Yeah, that's just. I've, I've heard. I've, <laughs> I've, I've heard different flavors of that, and, and but, I, I judge not. I judge not. But the issue at hand is, it's meaningless to somebody who doesn't operate in that field, who doesn't understand. And you're dead on. You, you have to get it translated to business trend. What I was referring to is gathering the attention of the individual mm -hmm. and then extrapolate from there. We start talking about long-term things. We start talking about the, the plan and ramifications. Ramifications to the business are just as important to somebody who is in that role as ramifications to themselves. Um, if they're in a strategic enough role. It's, so that's part of the issue here. But the end goal, yeah. you're dead on. I, I don't, I'm, I'm not in any way disagreeing with you. I'm just corroborating your your statement and my findings so far yeah. my experiences my experiences um okay so let me let me switch gears for 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 a second because people i think have a large part to do with this type of scenario and we've seen this play out over the weekend 
there was an article, I think it was in um, Dark Reading, one of the cyber um, cyber magazines, uh, digital content. There was a bank in her financial Hong Kong in Hong Kong, right? And and somebody put on an AI persona of this and absconded CFO? twenty-five million dollars by convincing them to do this. It's a little social engineering. It's it's mm -hmm. using technology to do this. But I think the thing that struck me the most was when they went on the video conference with this individual that was that was misrepresenting themselves employees initially noted something wasn't right but, but didn't they, act on it but then they pushed they didn't act on it they pushed it away and and monies were exchanged and it got me thinking this is training and there's there's that thing if you remember um don't believe everything you hear half of what you read I think we're in the day and age now with AI uh, coming on strong. Don't believe everything you hear, half of what you read, and don't believe your eyes. Um, I mean, what's your what's your take on what's your take on that that particular scenario where somebody could potentially be fooled into? I think there's a few things that break down, but. Uh, aside from people, there's a process and a technology breakdown. Technology is still immature to to record, process. Okay, we can yep. do that. But from a people perspective, and I'm trying to focus on people here, they they felt something was wrong. Angelo, I mean, where do we go with this? <laughs> a lot of times, stuff like this is caught in the finance the uh, financial procurement processes. Okay, but the fact this wasn't is another remarkable issue in this entire scenario. There was no double check with the CEO. There was, yeah. there was no, there was no follow-up. So the issue at hand is, you know, the, we talk about controls. What is a control? Control is something, some type of procedure yeah. thing, gate, whatever, put into place to, you know, give a yes or a no, or a maybe, and then have a stemmed activity based upon that answer. If you don't have that, if you cannot define what you do, how you intake stuff, how you do stuff, how you pay stuff, how you, all those things, you can't really state to the effect that you have a process. And if you don't have a process, then things like this can probably occur more often. And what if it occurred at smaller amounts? Well, the harder the catch and, and yeah. much longer dwell time. Yeah. So you move $25 million, people notice. You move 20000 in a business that's making a couple million? You just highlighted the interplay between the process, there's technology, of course, and people, right? And, and we still look at people on this one, but the process, if you don't know what the process is, you can't train a person. Yep. But there was something that was, and I think you you and I, when we talked about this, you picked up on something. The gut check. Yeah. No one, <laughs> no one elaborate for our pod pod listeners. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, and all those listening, <laughs> if you feel weird about something, an email, a phone call, anything, use your gut. I've said this before. If someone calls you and says they're with some organization, Apple, Microsoft, whatever, 
chances are Apple and Microsoft are not going to call you. But even if, they, even if they do call you, let's just say, I would hang up the phone, I would go to my credit card, or go on, on the internet and go to apple.com or microsoft.com and find a phone number to call that's not the one that just called me. Yep. Yeah. Gut check. Email. Don't, ju- don't give out information. What's that? An email also. Right. Oh, email. There's another how one. Many, yeah. How many Apple, Microsoft, or other these things? Oh, we've noticed a change in your account or whatever. Call this number to make sure we, or verify. Exactly. I never ever call those numbers. Never. Or if if you if you do, it's to mess with somebody on the other end because you. That's different. That's a different scenario. <laughs> That's a different scenario. We do not we do not encourage that unless you, yes. you are a cyber professional that that you have time to kill. And um, you want to mess with somebody and, and maybe be benevolent enough so that they're not calling somebody else. But to your point, if your yeah. gut picks up that something's not right, politely say, let me call you back. Go to a known good number. If it's your bank, call the go on your bank's actual web page, their actual 800 number or whatever call center. And get routed through that and say, I've been disconnected. I need to get a hold of whatever the group is. Yep. And let them route you through. They're aware that this is happening. They are happy to do that. That's their job. They have fraud departments. They do have fraud. Departments dedicated to this. Right. They, They are instructing their own clients to do that. Don't click on the web link. Don't click on, it may be convenient to see a little button that says verify here or click here to confirm or. It may look like something completely, I mean, they're good enough to make it look completely legitimate. Yeah. Where they, where they can't seem to overcome is the website. And the person clicking on that website. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I'm I'm talking about the website link. Yes, exactly. Um, But what I'm talking about is if, if you, if you look, if you, if you mouse over, you should see a little highlighted thing down at the bottom saying it's this is not the website you're looking for. If you go into Microsoft, Microsoft.com should be on the far right. Or should be of the web of the domain name. If it's anything else, it's suspect. Yeah. There should be nothing between Microsoft and com except a dot. Yep. It shouldn't be Microsoft at Bob's Bob's Lumberyard.com. It's Microsoft.com. It's yep. you know my it's bank. Apple.com. Microsoft.com. Right. iCloud.com. You know. It's important. It's important. Yeah. This is a people training thing, right? So with AI, it just obfuscates and makes it so much harder yep. to understand what's real anymore. But before you had a gut, a gut check that something wasn't right. I personally, if that was if that was not right, if somebody's asking you to send gift cards to certain things, somebody's asking you to look at the finance or whatever, hey, say, uh, let me, I'm not at the desk. Just politely say, I'm not at the desk. Let me call you back. Right. And call the number you know is truly their number. So if it's, if it's let's say, uh, my president calls me up and says, Oh yes, uh, Andrew. I need uh, fifteen gift cards because I'm going to go out to uh, to a golf outing with uh, some VIPs, and you need to send these things. First thing I'm going to do is like, okay, I'm not at my desk. Let me uh, let me call you back. 
And then I will call the number I have from my president and go, hey, uh, did you just try calling me for some gift cards? Because it doesn't seem legit. I will challenge on that. Mm-hmm. And and if he goes, yes, that's true. Fair enough. I'm not going to use my credit card. <laughs> What's your credit card number? Um, no, yeah. but but <clears throat> why can't they buy the gift cards for themselves? In the in the in the age of digital stuff, wouldn't it be true that a digital gift card is far easier to send to somebody more securely than to get a physical gift card? Absolutely. I mean, so this is the gut check we're talking about. Is think through it. Yeah. But this is a people problem because if we click on it, if we do it, we've just enacted and enabled the bad actor to get what they want. And people are critical to this equation. You take the person out of this, it doesn't work. Something has to physically be done with somebody's credentials, right? Yeah. And that's why we go through multi-factor authentication becomes more important. That's right. that's is what we're de- we're describing here. You have CEO CFO on screen. How do I verify that's them? Right. Yeah. Now. I, I, you know, we, we mentioned earlier and, and we'll probably wrap up pr- pretty soon here, but, um, you know, I've, I've, I've said a statement many, many years ago, <clears throat> you know, given a choice to uh, comply or circumvent regulation, I think people seven out of 10 would probably go around it. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's indicting. I would say it's probably a little higher. It's, a, it, you know, if it's, if it is a impediment, yeah, you know, chances are they they want to figure a way around it. Yeah, nobody in the end work. Nobody loves to work at the speed of government, and yet, <laughs> right, and and yet we think that all of these things are more of a nuisance to to make us frustrated than to help the prop the 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 proper mindset enforce the culture enforce good safe practice put those checks in place so that we don't go and indiscriminately send stuff out the door that we don't need to yeah agreed it's a people problem mm-hmm. this is a people problem um and it can be a people solution if we embrace what's happening we can make things frustrating or we can embrace it and say look our culture has to change. There's an understanding that we're all going to have to change, me included. Let's make this as interactive, engaging, um, memorable, so that we walk away, as they say, making the planet a little bit better because we've done our part in in not promoting <laughs> cyber malfeasance. Yeah. I mean, that's that's... You know, that's a little bit we can do. Yeah. But the benefit, I think the cost benefit from a business perspective, um, you can't not do it today. You have to. Because it costs your business in reputation, risk to losing business. Fines. Fines, higher insurance. Everything's another additional cost. Businesses. Yeah. You don't want cost. You want to reduce costs, yep. and to do that, you need to reduce risk. Yeah, and to reduce you want risk, to save money. Yeah, you, yeah. Unfortunately, you got to spend a little money to save that money. 
Yeah. That's that is the nature of the world. And, and it's operating costs and and business and sales that yeah. you, you that you could recoup once you show and demonstrate that you're actively using this and all your people are aware of this and are practicing it down to the loading dock. Mm-hmm. Anybody who's computer or an employee, even your subcontractors, even your even extended to your your other vendors, you become the big the big boy in the block, as they say. You then enforce it to your partners and saying, I have a cybersecurity process. I have people trained. What are you doing to you to do yours? And you can't be my weak link. Dead on, dude. Dead on. So with that, Angelo, let me well, say this. Let me say this. Before I say it, I want to make one statement. This, yes. this is this is kind of something you said before. Make it so. Make Informational it so. statement for everybody out there. If you have Apple CarPlay in your car and you go to send a text, instead of saying send, you can say make it so. Just a little information <laughs> just, to, just to everybody. And there Someone was go. a Star Trek fan, obviously. And there you go. I'm a big sci-fi nerd. I'm guilty <laughs> of start. Um so as we as we wrap up, I mean, you're you have a, a quote that you like to to say. Yes. I think this is also applicable when you're talking with with trying to make all your employees come along a program that you're designing, a cybersecurity program. Right. And that and that quote is complexity is the enemy of security. If you can't explain it, you don't know. You don't know what to do. Apply to people. Go ahead. Yeah. Apply to people. Yes. And let's get back to it. Confidentiality, integrity, and availability, awareness, good roles and responsibilities, and culture. All those are simple concepts, big concepts, but simple in the ex in explaining those things. Andrew. I think you might have a quote as well. I do. And, and <laughs> very apropos, uh, the best security device resides within our ears if we so choose to use it, right? Again, the gut check is important. Knowing this stuff and applying it and, and living it is going to be important, but we got to use our head in this. So with that, folks, I ask that you do one thing for us. We've been providing you content. Please subscribe. Please like these uh, these podcasts. We do them to educate, to be able to pull people along into the cybersecurity space and in, in, in what we think is uh, actionable, easy to understand type uh, bits. I mean, how else do you eat the 800-pound the elephant in the room? One bite at a time. So this is how we do it with cybersecurity too. Like and subscribe. We look forward to the next podcast and the next part in the series, part two of three is going to be more about the process. So stay tuned and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for joining. <laughs>